0: KKXX Studios. It is great to be with you another Friday evening where we are set to continue our exploration into these saints that we are exploring in relationship to the nine keys we have been studying. But before we get into that, I did just want to continue to thank all of you out there who are taking time out of your busy schedules to listen to this program, whether it be on the radio or by way of podcasts on iTunes, or maybe the mp3 file on my uh, that you can access through my website, however you are you are listening to this radio program, thank you and wherever you are listening to this radio program. I have an index feed where I can see uh, there are people listening from all over the world and I just welcome you into the uh, the studio here at kkXx as we seek to better understand our faith through the study of the Word of God and of course the larger deposit of faith now as we have set out on our exploration of talking about the saints, as you have asked me to talk about the saints, we are doing so within the context of these nine keys of how to best respond to the question, can you pray for me? Now, we have arrived at choosing a saint that best fits our discussion on the fourth key of praying fervently. So what was it that we established then in that key when we talked about, but that Fervent prayer is essential to intercessory prayer, right? St. James tells us to pray for one another in fervent prayer. James chapter 5, verses 15 to 16 uh, says what? But for the fervent prayer of a righteous man is powerful in its effects. You know, that is one of my favorite scripture passages. For the fervent prayer of a righteous man is powerful in its effects. Now, in a manner of speaking, we can say what, but that fervent prayer is a manifestation of what we were talking about last week, that third key of praying from the heart, because fervent prayer is the impassioned conviction that arises from the heart that has been set aflame with the fire of God's love, the breath of God. How often do we hear that verse in sacred scripture? I'm thinking of Psalm chapter 33, verse 6, John chapter 20, verses 21 to 22, Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. The Holy Spirit is identified as the breath of God. So, in this concentrated prayer of, of fervency, the breath of God blows its flames into our hearts, producing this intense belief, right? That's conviction. Conviction comes from the same Latin root where we get the word convinced, We are convicted when we have been convinced that God exists and that what we believe is true. So again, it is the Holy Spirit who blows its flames into our hearts, producing this intense belief that God will answer our prayer. Now, fervent prayer is powerful in its effects because it is the prayer of, we could say, high voltage, putting a charge into who and what we pray for. When Jesus prayed with sighs and groans to heal the the man with the speech impediment, he set himself up like a what but a conduit of energy. We too are to become conduits of energy, and we are when we pray fervently in the Spirit, which brings us to our fourth saint. It has been said that behind every great man you can always find a great woman, now, we have all come to know St. Augustine as one of the great saints of the Catholic Church because of his dramatic conversion from playboy to priest and his renowned scholarship on Catholic doctrine, which made him a doctor of the Church, right? It's especially his treatment on grace. But to know the life and times of this saint for the ages, as he has been called, is to also encounter the woman behind it all, St. Monica. In many respects, everything we know about St. Augustine is owed to St. Monica, not by virtue of being his mother or, or the fact that, you know, she wrote some biography on her son, no, but by her virtuous discipline to fervently pray for her son. By St. Augustine's own account, it was the great love of Monica, his mother, and her passionate prayer for him That he would find himself in the arms of God. Incidentally, a close look at St. Monica's life reveals that she devoted much of her time at, we could say, uh, the altar of intercession, begging God to intervene on behalf of those whom she loved or or those uh, whom she was acquainted with. Uh, Now, what can we say about the life of St. Monica before we get into some other pieces? Well, first we should say customary to the time and place she lived, which, is, which would have us when and where, but early 4th century in North Africa, when Monica was of married age, she was arranged to marry Patricius, who was uh, a well-known man, uh, and, and well-known because he was a pagan, <laughs> known for his, his anger and criticism. And in saying that, known for his anger and criticism of particularly Christianity, By all accounts, Patricius was what we could say intolerable. But Monica saw this as her cross and learned the language of praying with conviction as she patiently prayed for the conversion of her husband. So Monica saw this intolerable behavior as a cross. And wouldn't she know, a year before he passed, he converted to the Christian faith. In Book 9 of St. Augustine's all-time classic confessions, he had particular praise for St. Monica's virtuous way with Patricius, his father. Evidently, the apple does not fall far from the tree, because if Patricius was intolerable, then his mother was equally insufferable. Maybe Patricius' mother put the difficult into difficult mother-in-law. Um, and uh, dare I drop a footnote here, I, for one, am quite blessed in this area. Um, I have a wonderful mother-in-law, um, and, I'm, and I'm not just saying that to, to not get in trouble. <laughs> okay, anyhow, that being said, this, as she has been described, <laughs> cantankerous woman, did not deter the pious Monica, my friends, to pray for her what but fervently, and like her husband, she too, my friends, would convert to the Christian faith before she passed away. And I might add here, it is clear that Monica's exemplary prayer life had an immediate impact upon her two children not named Augustine, Navigius and Perpetua. By all accounts there, Navigius lived a noble life worthy of imitation, and Perpetua devoted her her life to fervent intercessory prayer, becoming what but a religious. So St. Augustine's Uh, younger sister, Perpetua, was a religious. Uh, Maybe some of us didn't know that. Anyhow, this brings us to the wayward behavior of Augustine and how the wayward behavior of Augustine in his earlier years really would put to the test Monica's concentrated devotion to God. But Monica's love for her son was not going to be outdone by her son's lack of love. In a touch-tone moment in her life, after weeping greatly for Augustine's embrace of the heresy, Manichaeism, and his life of debauchery. Again, for those of you who are not familiar with the life of St. Augustine, he lived a life of debauchery for the first 30 years of his life until he experienced a dramatic conversion. And to get to the heart of it is to get to the heart of why we are talking about St. Monica today, Um, because it was through her prayer. Which brings us to this moment, this a moment in her life, after weeping greatly for Augustine's embrace of, again, this wayward behavior, she had a vision of this mysterious figure. And as she was weeping, she looked up, and from this indistinct figure came a voice and words that would leave a lasting impression upon Monica. The voice said, Monica, dry your tears. Your son is with you. Indeed, my friends, in the deepest place of Monica's heart, in the fervent offering of her prayer, there you will find Augustine. Monica would follow Augustine in his travels, imploring him to abandon his errant ways. And it was eventually Milan where Monica entered into spiritual direction under one Saint Ambrose. Saint Ambrose Uh, Bishop of Milan, counseled her to stay steadfast in her prayers, assuring her that God would answer her prayers. On one occasion, famously saying, go now, I beg you, Monica, it is not possible that the son of so many tears should perish. As it turns out, the same Saint Ambrose was catechizing Augustine on matters of the Christian faith drawing him away from the heresy of Manichaeism and the true expression of who Jesus is, fully human, fully divine, okay? And it was on Easter in the year 387 AD that Augustine was received into the Catholic faith. As we talked about some months ago, praying fervently as this call to emit solar flares, right? You're on fire for God, emit solar flares. St. Monica was emitting solar flares. Her fervent prayer brought about the conversions of her husband, mother-in-law, son, and would inspire upright behavior in her two other children, Navigius and Perpetua. Her deep hunger and thirst to see those whom she loved baptized and consecrated to God, my friends, really was the story of her life. In fact, it was towards the end of her life, after Augustine had converted to Christianity that she struggled to understand why she was still alive. In her own words, as Augustine testifies to in the book Confessions, St. Monica says, I do not know what there is left for me to do or why I am still here, all my hopes in this world being now fulfilled. All I wished for was that I might see you, a Catholic and a child of God, God granted me even more than this in making you despise earthly felicity and consecrate yourself to his service. Monica died soon thereafter in 387 AD. Brothers and sisters in Christ, the church declared St. Monica the patron saint for converting sinners because she devoted her life to interceding for others with a resolute heart, often praying into the night. You know, if your prayer requests Is to pray for the conversion of a particular soul, then Saint Monica is your gal. (laughs) We call upon her intercession in this fourth key of praying with fervency, because her resolute heart and indying faithfulness defines what lies behind that Greek word for prayer in that passage in James chapter five. The Greek word being diomai. That prayer that shoots forth from a soul that is in union with God, that at once cries out to God. Say Monica was in union with God, crying out to God that he would transform the heart of her son. What do we read in Job chapter 34, verse 28? God hears the cry of the poor. God heard the cry of Monica. Monica, my friends, lived deeply her vocation to intensely pray for those in her life. We go to saints, as we have talked about it, as friends in Christ, Mm. and we, we do so here with Monica, seeking guidance and allowing her life to be an example, an illustration of what it means to intercede on behalf of another, as 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 to 5 speaks to. Amen? Amen. Saint Monica